Good morning, everyone. And good morning to everyone who's watching online as well. Uh, we're so glad you're here to worship with us. So after the service, I want to tell you there is a men's table outside where you can grab some really cool uh, stuff that they have a gift for you. So make sure you stop by there on your way to get coffee after service. Gift to Gadsden is back July 24th through the 27th. There's going to be amazing classes. Um, they have, oh my gosh, everything. They All kinds of classes, Pastor Sam. Uh, Paul back here is going to lead hip-hop dancing, which is going to be great. So just make sure you sign up for a class. It's going to be awesome. Outside in the hallway as well, when you're out to get coffee, you'll notice a red bucket from the missions team, and they are collecting socks and underwear for the clothes closet. So pick up some socks and underwear from the store and drop them off in this basket the next time you're here. Uh, they would really appreciate that. Children's Ministry has Wednesday night, June 21st. It's going to be amazing, isn't it? Um, and the Children's Ministry also has, on June 25th, an acolyte party, which, for those of you in this service, in traditional we have acolytes come and light the candles every week, and they do an awesome job, and they're going to have a giant party. It's going to be great. Um, the youth just completed their youth service week this past week, and they did a great job serving all over the Gadsden and Anniston community. My last announcement is... The North Alabama Conference annual conference will be this Wednesday through Saturday, and it's going to be pretty great. Pastor Sam's going to be there. So with all that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us?
Catherine's going to be taking our kids to Children's Church today, so anybody that wants to go to Children's Church, go with her over here to your right and to my left. Uh, welcome, welcome to those who are worshiping online with us. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody. Let me just ask you a question. How many of you have ever had um, a coach or a director or a youth pastor or a mentor or somebody that wasn't your like actual biological father that has influenced you over the year or a bus driver or something we've all had so happy Father's Day to all of the people who are not our our biological fathers that have mentored us and given us positive dad energy and free dad hugs and all of that over the years so uh, happy Father's Day to y'all and uh, we're going to uh, have a chance for you to give the offering. We have our, our ushers are, are waiting in the wings for us, so let's pray. Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways, and one of the blessings that we have is, Lord, um, fathers, and, and we are thankful for our fathers, Lord, and for everybody who has been a positive influence in our lives. And, and Lord, as we give uh, these tithes and offerings, we pray, Lord, that you would take them and use them and build your kingdom and be a blessing to those who give to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everything 
Our praise band's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to miss that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try to not get, like, choked up and stuff. Um, this is um, the grand finale. This is the last one. Now I get to tell you exactly what I think about you. Are you ready? 
Well, that's pretty easy because I love you, and, and that's the bottom line. Uh, the last five years has been um, um, amazing in a lot of ways. It's, it's funny. I was thinking about um, it. I heard uh, an Olympic athlete talk about training and, and working, trying to, to uh, win an Olympic medal, and the training process, they said uh, about a third of the time, you, you felt great, you felt like you're, you know, hitting your times and, and everything was great. And about a third of the time, things were just awful and hard and nothing went right. And then about a third of the time, it was like, oh, I'm pretty good, you know. And that's just about true of, of every difficult endeavor you're going to put your face to. I, have, I, I said I love you and I mean that with all my heart, but I'm not going to pretend that everything was... Um, you know, bowl of cherries or a bucket of roses or, or whatever, because there were some hard times. Pastor Andy, am I right? There were some hard times. Um, but you know what? I think going through the hard times with y'all has kind of bonded us together in a way um, that maybe we wouldn't have been otherwise. I couldn't have asked for a, a better place to be the last five years and to serve as pastor. I couldn't have asked for a better team to... Uh, um, to work with, I'm not going to start calling names because I will get choked up, but um, the grand finale, okay? So you might be wondering why, since this is the grand finale, the title of the message today is Grand Openings. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's the way Pastor Sam's brain works. Chapter 9 of Matthew, verses 35 through chapter 10, verse 8 is the scripture for today. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Altheus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so grand openings has to do with um, my thoughts that this is not just the kind of the closing of the chapter for me and Andy, it's also the opening of a brand new chapter. And it also has to do with the gospel lesson for today because I see seven grand openings in this passage, and I want to talk with you about those a little bit. Well, the first one is this. 
open your eyes and see what Jesus did. In verse 35, Jesus traveled throughout the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom. Wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of disease and illness. So we as, as a church, we as Christians have to open our eyes to see what Jesus did so that we can do what Jesus did because following Jesus is about doing what Jesus did. Jesus was all the time saying to his followers, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. What you see me do, then you go and do that for each other. As I have loved you, go love one another. I have done this as an example for you. I've washed your feet. You ought to wash one another's feet. Go and do likewise. You get the idea. So Jesus led by example. And whenever we have a question in any particular, I don't know, doctrine or any particular mission or any particular situation or how should we react, then do you remember those little rubber bracelets that used to say, what would Jesus do? You know, and we, like everything, made it cool to wear the bracelet, and we forgot about what the bracelet meant. Um, but what would Jesus do? Jesus went about helping others, and following Jesus is always about helping others and controlling ourselves. And when we turn it around and make it about controlling others and helping ourselves, then you see how we've kind of gotten things backwards. Um, so to be a Christian anyway is to do what Jesus did, to say what he did, to be a chip off the old block, spiritually speaking. So here's the catch. You always knew there was a catch, right? In order to do what Jesus did and to follow him in that way, then we have to know what Jesus did. And that means that we have to know what Scripture says. Um, I want to encourage you to study and meditate upon and apply God's Word. And, uh, and this means a couple of things. It means reading it on your own. Don't just depend on the preacher or the Sunday school teacher or the small group leader or somebody like that to tell you what it says. Read it on your own. It's too important for you not to do that. Make time to do it. You say, I don't have an hour to, that, to spend reading the Scripture. Well, great, but do you have 15 minutes? You know, do you have five minutes? Could you take out some time? You could if it was important to you. So in order to do what Jesus did, know what Jesus did. Know what he said so that you can filter everything through that. Because people are going to tell you a lot of things in the name of religion that don't look anything like Jesus. Amen? Okay. Just making sure you're still awake out there. Uh, the second thing is get involved in a study with other Christians. We have so many cool journey groups and Bible studies. I have loved my 11 o'clock um, Bible study and Wednesday night Bible studies. There's men at the well. There's Sunday school classes. Wednesday nights this fall is going to be awesome. Um, so get involved with other people that can help sharpen you, can, can challenge you, can give you new perspectives to know what Jesus did is the first step in doing what Jesus did. So open your eyes and see what Jesus did. You want to know what he did? I could sum it up in three things. He taught people. He told the good news of the kingdom. And he healed. He brought healing wherever he went. And you know what he told his disciples to do? Go out and teach people. And go out and tell the good news of the kingdom. And bring healing wherever you go. 
we saw what Jesus' mission was by seeing what Jesus did. I want to say that again because it's important. We saw what his mission was by what he did. And people will see what our mission is by seeing what we do. Not by what our rubber bracelet says, but by what we do. Okay, the second grand opening. Open your heart and feel what Jesus felt. Verse 36 said he felt compassion on the crowds. Because it says they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He felt compassion. He, he actually had sympathy. Uh, Webster's Dictionary calls compassion deep sympathy. He had deep sympathy for the crowd. The problems were so big. Um, they didn't know where to go for help. And he saw them and it made him think that they were like sheep without a shepherd. I've preached several things about sheep and shepherds and taught them in Bible studies. You know enough about it to know this. So I want you to think with me. What kind of situation would sheep be in if they didn't have a shepherd? Pretty bad, right? Because sheep just, they just don't know how to take care of themselves. And so sheep without shepherds are vulnerable. Sheep without shepherds are, are in danger. So can you, I want you to think of somebody in your mind right now that, that seems like they're harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Can you think of someone in your mind that is like that, that, that you just, you're worried about them right now because they just don't know which way to go and uh, they could easily take the wrong step. So if you picture somebody like that in your mind, then guess what? Your job is to feel compassion for them and to shepherd them too. And I've had people to say this, and I have felt this way, because sometimes you just kind of feel numb with everything going on in your life. What if I don't feel anything? What if I don't feel anything? Well, at that point, you ask God to give you a heart of compassion, to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and ask God to open your eyes to the people around you that are harassed and helpless and need some guidance and need some help. But be prepared if you pray that prayer, because God will do it. Number three is open the lines of communication and pray. Jesus told his disciples what to pray. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is great and the laborers are few. There are only a couple of places in the whole Bible where Jesus explicitly tells his disciples what to pray for. And this is one of them. I think it's important, don't you? He tells them, he kind of switches metaphors here, but that's okay. We get the point. He goes from sheep and shepherds to grain and harvest, but the uh, point's pretty clear. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. There's just not enough workers. Um, that was Jesus. That, that was 2,000 years ago. Let me ask you a question. Any of you who've tried to get helpers, volunteers, the harvest is still great, right? And the workers are still few, right? Right? Yeah. It's still that way. Okay? So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers in there. Pray because just, just look around. Look around uh, at the people who are here. Go ahead, and, go ahead and turn your heads this morning and look around to the people who are here. And um, now turn your head around and, and look at the people who are not here. 
The harvest is great and the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. Now, the fifth, fourth one is, is kind of hard. This grand opening is, is a little harder than the others. Open your mind because you just might be the answer to your prayer. So after Jesus told the disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field, you know what he did? He turned around and sent them into the field. So when you pray, you better have an open heart and an open mind because God might want to answer your prayer with you. Oh, I don't know. What are we going to do? Who's going to help with gift to Gadsden? Well, how about you? You know? Um, so if I say... Oh, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really praying for the youth group. Pastor, Pastor Andy was so awesome with the youth group. We're going to need lots of helpers to, to keep the youth group going. Have an open mind when you pray that because God might just tap you on the shoulder, right? Okay. Or, you know, Catherine just needs help with uh, Sunday school teachers or vacation Bible school or they're needing help with the clothes closet or you know, one of our, one of our uh, Ladle of Love teams is, is missing some folks, and I, I'm just praying that God is going to send somebody to do that. Well, it might be you, right? It might be you. Number five, open your hands. Open your hands and receive the authority that God gives you. Because Jesus called them, and he gave the disciples authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. Pastor Andy talked about being called last week, about when Jesus called Matthew. And he talked about how brave you have to be to answer that call. And you think, I don't know, maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Um, but we're all called. We're all called. Jesus would not have called his ordinary disciples to go out and do extraordinary things if he didn't give them what it takes to do it. He gave them authority. He gave them an example on how to shepherd the sheep, and now it was their turn. He gave them an example on, on what it was like to, to bring healing to other people, and now it was their turn. He was, for the lack of a better way to put it, deputizing them to go out and to do what they needed to do. You've got authority, now go. Um, I, as we approach um, annual conference this year, it, it kind of makes me remember I've got a picture. I don't have it with me now. I'll bring it to the 11 o'clock. I have a picture of Bishop Lloyd Knox um, when I was ordained, uh, laying his hands on my head and, um, and saying, take authority to preach the word. When I was ordained, as a United Methodist pastor. And uh, it was a heavy, heavy moment. And so Jesus is saying that to all of us. You open your hands and take the authority. But I don't know. I, don't, I have a degree and you take the authority. Jesus has given it to you. He sent them. He sent them. Well, first he said, I'm sending you to the house of Israel. I'm not sending you to the Gentiles or the Samaritans yet. And that might make you wonder why that was, because Jesus did go to the Gentile regions, and he did go to the Samaritan regions, but he was sending them in particular to a place that they were especially equipped to deal with. 
Um, how many of you know that you don't have to go into a foreign country to go and be a missionary into the first, right? Uh, when Jesus says the, forest, the, the harvest is plentiful, he's talking about everywhere, even in our backyard. Um, we don't have to leave our city. We don't have to leave our states. For the most part, we don't have to leave our homes. Rick Warren's book, um, Purpose Driven Life, I ha had to throw Rick Warren's name out there because, bless his heart, he's, he's trying. I always liked Rick Warren. Rick, if you're listening today, good job, dude. But in his book, Purpose Driven Life, he says, discover what types of people uh, are in your mission field. Decide the groups that your church is best equipped to reach, and then let that be your target of outreach. Um, know the people that you're trying to reach out to. And that's excellent advice. Not every church is equipped to reach every person. Not every person is equipped to reach every person. The disciples were, by language, by custom, by every other thing, especially equipped to reach the lost sheep of Israel, to build a relationship with them, to, to be able to help. And here's the best definition of evangelism that I know is to help one person take another step closer to the kingdom of God whatever that is receive authority from Jesus to go do that open your arms is number six embrace your fellow disciples Jesus said to his 12 apostles and then he lists them so if um, if I asked you to just quick off the top of your head name all 12 disciples I'm not going to ask you to do that don't worry because uh, I would probably have to stop and think too but what strikes me when he goes down through there and lists them is the mixed bag of people that he has for his apostles I mean you have you have Peter he, he's just he's one of my favorite he's just as likely to run off at the mouth as he is to do anything else he's impulsive he acts without thinking he jumps out of the boat without thinking about what the consequences he you know makes promises he can't keep then you've got James and John who are the 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 sons of thunder is that that's their nickname which I can't I, I, I'm just speculating on why that might be have you ever met two brothers that fought all the time um do you have a brother that you fight all the time with? Uh, no, I was looking at Wayne. So, uh, no, Sons of Thunder, maybe they had volatile t tempers or, or maybe they made rude noises. I don't know. But then you've got Thomas who always wants to see proof of everything. He's skeptical. And then you have Matthew, the tax collector, right, who had been working in cahoots with the Romans and you had Simon the Zealot who had been like a, a freedom fighter uh, to try to drive out the Romans. And then Judas Iscariot taking care of the money bag. So all of these people Jesus put together from all different opinions, all different walks of life. The one common thread though 
was that they loved Jesus and they wanted to do what he said. Have you ever heard the old saying that blood is thicker than water? So as dysfunctional as we might seem sometimes, we're family and Jesus' blood covers us and that is thicker than any other hurt or any other problem. So we need to embrace our family, even the ones that we find it difficult to love. The last grand opening is this. And Pastor Sherry, is. she might have to call me on this one because I'm going to throw down a challenge to you. Are you ready? You look ready. Okay. The last one is this. Open a can of worms. Open a can of worms. Do messy ministry. Um, opening a can of worms is a lot more easy if we remember this. People are more important than things. And relationships are more important than activities. So we can go around and we can be afraid and we can say, Oh, no, that'll never work. Or we've never done it that way before. Or we could just open a can of worms, knowing it's going to get messy. You know, I actually Googled that, Pastor Andy. Look up the origin of opening a can of worms. And back in, it goes back, back to the 1920s. They used to have worms in cans. And um, when I was growing up and fishing, they were in little cardboard containers and everything. You open it, and they were all down at the bottom. Like, and you kind of dug it up. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. But they used to actually be in cans. And when you open a can of worms, you didn't know what you were going to get. It's going to be, well, pretty much you know it's going to be a squiggly mess of writhing grossness, right? Um, and that's the same way of doing ministry. It's messy. It's messy. If you don't want um, your rooms in your church to ever get dirty, then don't ever do anything in them. You know, if you don't want the nursery to get little handprints on it, then don't ever have any kids in there. If you don't want the youth room to, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example. Pastor Andy blows up things in there. But if you don't want to ever have any damage in the youth room, then don't ever have any youth. So, what do I mean when I say open a can of worms? I mean... Go up to Pastor Sherry when she gets here and say, Pastor Sherry, I've got this crazy idea. Maybe we should start a, a recovery ministry here. My last church, we started a Celebrate Recovery, and um, it was based on the Christian 12-step program, people with hurts and habits and hang-ups. And uh, I remember when we started talking about having these weekly meetings and everything and having support groups and I had people come and say, you mean we're going to have recovering alcoholics and addicts coming in our family life center? And I said, yep. You mean we're going to have people standing outside the door smoking cigarettes? I said, yep, we're going to put a five-gallon bucket of sand out there for them to put their butts in, and then we're just going to go with it because doing ministry is messy. It's messy. What I mean when I say open a can of worms is I know a church in a downtown area that started a worship service at a coffee house to target groups of young adults. And so Sunday nights, uh, they would work in the soup kitchen, the homeless soup kitchen uh, at 730. 
And then they would go over to the coffee house and they'd have their worship service over there. Is it kind of scary? Is it kind of risky? Yeah. It's opening a can of worms. It might look like something totally different than that for this church. But it's time for some grand openings. It's time to open our eyes and hearts and open communication lines and open minds and open arms. And I want you to go up to Pastor Sherry on her first Sunday here and say, Pastor Sherry, I've been really praying about this. I think we ought to open a can of worms. And she's going to say, what? What are you talking about? You say, I don't know. It's just something Pastor Sam said. He said that you wouldn't mind. Jesus ends this passage by saying, freely you have received, freely give. Let us pray. Lord, when we think of what you have done for us and not holding anything back, not taking the easy road out, and doing that which you would have rather not done, drinking the cup that you would have rather passed on. When we think of all that you did for us, then it makes our hearts want to say, what can we do for you? And I, I think your word to us today would be, open up. Open up your eyes. Open your heart. Open your hands. Open a can of worms. And do what I've called you to do. I think that would be your message for us today. So, in this closing is our opening. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and worship with us?
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.